We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at First Baptist Church. We are delighted to have you with us today in worship. As we gather today, we gather around the Word of God, knowing that it is alive and real and instructive to our very walk. So as we do that, we surrender our hearts to Him. So as we listen to the Word this morning, calibrate your hearts heavenward. I'm going to read Psalm 24. You follow along, and let's get ready to praise this Almighty King. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, ye ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let's sing unto him this morning, hymn 247, standing together, Come, thou almighty King.
welcome those around you in worship this morning. Amen, and welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here. This is exactly where you need to be today. If you're a guest with us, we would, we would love to get to know you. The way we do that are on these guest cards. They're in the pew back in front of you. Or if you're up in the balcony, they're on the, the tables in the balcony. Um, but we would love to get to know your name, and this, this is the way that we do that. Now, as, as we gather together, I hope there's something we, we recognize. That our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is alive and well. He was not bound to a cross eternally. He was not kept in a grave forever. But he resurrected and he ascended. He is alive and he is well and in our worship this morning. And so we come together to recognize that living presence of Jesus Christ. We thank the Lord for him and all that he has done. In fact, today together we're going to experience the presence of the Christ in the supper. And so let us even now begin to prepare our hearts for the supper and our worship together. Let's pray. Father, as we come before your worship, we kneel knowing that we are unworthy and undeserving. We are a broken people. Yet, Lord, you are filled with grace. Lord, you have given us faith and hope and love and are building us up as a people. And we praise your name, for you are good. And it's in that name that is above every other name that we pray. Amen. It is our prayer as a staff, as a church, that you are in the word every day. Amen? That we are walking together Asking the Lord to reveal, not just to the pastor, but to all of us, what the Word has to say to us. And so we come to a very familiar story this week of, of faith. So listen now to 1 Peter 1, 6-9, and just see how it matches so very well with the reverse text all week long about, about this grand gift of faith that we have. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, 
you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. And thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. So the only way this is possible, friends, is by His grace. So we stay our lives, our very thoughts, our very beings on Jehovah. We rest on Him. We spend time with Him knowing that it is, it is through Him that we are made more like Him every day. So as we sing these next songs, Like a River Glorious, and, t- and take time to be holy, think about what God has called you to do to, to, to be near Him. Let's stand together. Hymn 58. may be seated. Amen. Children, come on down. Come meet me right over here. Good morning. We also want to welcome our TV congregation. Thank you for being with us and being a part of our church in that way. We're grateful that you're a part of us. Come on down. Come on. We'll give a few more minutes. Come on in. Yeah, y'all can gather in. (laughs) 
I've got some, I've got some hard questions this morning, all right? Are y'all ready to answer some hard questions? Yes. All right, we've, we've got to be honest. We've got to be honest this morning. Uh, how many of you have ever made a mistake? How many of you? Have, have all of us made a mistake? Okay, yeah, I think, we, I think we've all made a mistake. So let, let me just ask you. Sometimes you do the same mistake over and over again. Sometimes you do the same mistake over and over again? Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is, this is a time of confession. You're, you're right. So what, what, what do we do? So what do we do? Let me say, let's say you're, you're, you're coloring or you're drawing, or you're doing an art project, and you make a mistake, what do you do? Just say, just say it out loud. What do, what do you do if you're coloring or drawing? You start over. What? Get, get a new paper. Get a new paper. A beautiful oops it? I don't even know what that means. Be- yeah? Turn your paper Yeah, do it on the back. Yeah, turn your paper around. Those are all good. Yeah, grab it. Yeah, all those are right. So let's say, yeah, go ahead, Claire. Yeah, buy some more. That's right. Well, what, what if y'all did, what if you're, have you ever tried to make yourself a snack? And what if you, what if you made a mistake, like you spilled it or you got something you weren't supposed to? What, what, do, you, what do you do if you make a mistake when you're, when you're making a snack? What do you do? Um, if I spilled orange juice, um, I just put the lid back on it. Yeah. Get a napkin and clean you gotta clean it up. Get a napkin. Yeah, go ahead. You buy some more. Buy some more. Yeah, that's good. What? Yeah, you got to be careful climbing on the refrigerator, right? We can have all kinds of mistakes climbing on the refrigerator. Yeah, that's right. Let me let me ask you one more. So let me ask you one more. Let's say some. Have, and I'm sure we don't do this very often. This is not something we do over and over again. But what if you make a mistake and you do something your parents asked you not to do? What do you do then? So your parents told you not to do something. And you do it anyway. What do you do? Say sorry. sorry. So make sure and say sorry. What, what, do you, what do you do when you do something your parents... Pray to God and make sure it's okay. Yeah, pray to God and say maybe my parents will make sure this is okay. Yeah. Yeah, clean up whatever you messed up. Just tell your parents. Yeah, tell your parents. Yeah, be honest and tell them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well. yeah, you might have to go to timeout, right? When you do that. Yeah, you might have to fix it. That's right. So, but I want us to, to recognize something. I want you to listen for something in the, in the sermon. Yeah, you might get a spanking. That's true. Um, well, I want you to listen for something in the sermon. So, Jesus' disciples today, they there was a, a mistake that they made. Something that they didn't do like they were supposed to do. And I want you to listen to how we deal with that. I want you to listen to how they deal with that. And I want you to pay attention to one thing real carefully. When, when they recognize what's happened, they go to Jesus and they ask him what went wrong. And I want you to know, anytime you make a mistake, you can go to Jesus Christ. And Jesus will help you and if you go to him and ask for forgiveness, Jesus will forgive you. And so anytime you do something you're not supposed to do, the best thing to do is go to Jesus and let him heal you and let him help you know what to do next. Whether you clean it up or say I'm sorry or wherever you go, we always go to Jesus first. Okay? Listen, listen for that in the sermon today. Let's pray and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this time together.
And Lord, we pray that we would know your forgiveness. Lord, that we would run to you and be clothed in your grace. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. I want to know who said beautiful oops. I think there is great theology in that, making, making something beautiful out of, out of a mistake. I think, I, think, I think we can preach on that. <laughs> Let's continue to worship everybody. Spend much time in secret. Spend much time in prayer. I love the text of this hymn and what it says to us about our responsibility to seek after the Lord. Hymn 446, stand together. Let's sing. prepare to hear from what the Lord has given to Pastor Chris. Remain standing as we begin to read scripture together. If you would, go ahead and find your listening sheet. Should be in your bulletin. Looks like this. We're going to read aloud together Matthew 17, 14 through 21. This then is the text for today. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, 
for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said, because of, the, because of the littleness of your faith, for I truly say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. May God bless the reading of his word. In 2013, Forbes ran an article, and it wasn't a condemnation of failure, but they, they ran an article on failure that was a celebration of failure. E. Katrina Walter had compiled much of her work together in a single article, and she begins with those stories of failure that we know. Thomas Edison's failure. 10,000 times in ways he failed before he invented the light bulb. She mentioned Dyson too, in 5,126 attempts it took to create the perfect vacuum. And then she went on, and in this article celebrating failure, she gave the 30 best quotes on failure. The first was from Winston Churchill. He said this, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That's perfectly Winston Churchill. She also quoted C.S. Lewis, failures are the finger posts on the road to achievement. And she quoted Henry Ford, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. Now, these titans were great visionaries in their own right who found success after thousands of failures. And we hold them up. We hold them up as role models of business and hope. They're the height of what we can muster up within human ingenuity. These are the ones who wouldn't let failure get in the way of success. And we are taught with plenty of evidence that if you fail often enough, and if you fail spectacularly enough, you will find your fortune. See, that was the, the work of this article in Forbes, that you have to continue, you have to fail over and over again, and in enough failure, you will find your fortune. And you know, in our fleshly fallen world, that, that is the business strategy. In our fleshly fallen world, that is the strategy for sports. It's our motivation through our mediocrity into some kind of respectability. But that's not how the spiritual world works. And that's certainly not how our God works. You see, before we talk about our own failures and before we talk about the failures of the disciples, we need to recognize our theology for a moment. 
And as we see our God, and as we know our God in the text and and experience that we know our God is perfect. See, we have to think differently about God. When we we think about our God, we have to recognize that God would bat a thousand percent. God doesn't need trial runs and experimental labs because God is perfection. In all of his holiness, he needs no other attempt because he alone is good and perfect and holy. There is no failure in God. God is perfection. Now, as we read through our text today, we recognize in ourselves and we recognize that the disciples were not perfection. The disciples in our text for today had fallen flat on their faces. Jesus was was coming down off the mountain where the transfiguration had happened, and as he was coming down off the mountain, he met a crowd, and in particular, one man in this crowd who came up to Jesus and essentially said, your disciples have failed. Your disciples came to heal my son, and they gave it their best effort. They tried with all that they had, and they failed. They needed another attempt to find their fortune. But before we give them another attempt, we need to understand why these disciples failed. Why did they not get it? Why were they not able to heal this boy that day? Now, there's a number of options of why we might think these disciples have failed. We might think that the adversary was too strong. They were dealing with this child who is said to be possessed by a demon in the text. Now, there's, there's some speculation beyond the text that maybe this is epilepsy and the, the, the disciples weren't doctors. They weren't strong enough to handle this kind of a case if the issue was medical. But as the text unfolds, this is a, a spiritual issue of the spiritual realm of the demonic But even then, are are the disciples not strong enough to handle this one in particular? Maybe the disciples met the Goliath of demons and he was too much for them. I mean, is that who they met that day? But you know, as we we look at the text, that just can't be so. That doesn't work because in verse 18, Jesus comes along and he chases this demon away like it's a stray cat. In fact, Mark gives us another part of this story in the Gospel of Mark. Mark says when Jesus comes up to this boy and this moment of healing, this is what Jesus says, you deaf, mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter him again. So not only was the spirit not Goliath, he was deaf and mute. And Jesus had no problem whatsoever. Jesus was able to drive this out like it was any other moment of healing. Recognize you, the, the disciples didn't fail because they had some kind of champion adversary out there, out there. And one of the things that we need to recognize in the power of the Christ is there is no champion adversary out there above and beyond the Christ. He is the victor. When, when Christ went to the cross, when he was uh, buried and resurrected, and when he ascended into heaven, Jesus was the one who was made right, the champion of humanity. There is no adversary that is greater than the Christ. There is no adversary that Christ cannot handle and cannot handle 
immediately. The disciples didn't fail here because they were facing some kind of huge adversary in their way. So maybe it was, maybe it's their lack of ability. Maybe they just couldn't do it. Maybe, maybe they couldn't handle it. Maybe it's their lack of ability that caused them to fail. I mean, they, they tried to cure this boy. And, and how are we going to look back a couple thousand years later and, and, and judge the disciples for not being able to exercise a demon? Even if the demon was deaf and mute. I mean, how, how can we say they failed because of ability? Well, if you go back and look at Matthew chapter 10, Jesus gives them the authority to do just that. If you go look at Luke chapter 9, it says the disciples went out and they were healing everywhere. In fact, they were doing this very thing. Jesus says, with me and in me, you have the power and you have the authority. The authority to heal spiritually and heal physically. You will go out in my name and you will do mighty works in the names of Jesus Christ. But here they fail. They had done it before. They had done it many times before. And they had done it before in and through the power of Jesus Christ. See, they are perfectly capable of healing this boy because they know Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, you are capable. Nothing is impossible for those who know Jesus Christ. They had the full ability because they had Jesus Christ. And so to be clear in here, on this text, it was none of their skills, it was none of their abilities, it would never be. And the same is true of the church. We can gather all of our skills and all of our abilities that are in this place, and whatever we can muster up is never going to meet the standards of heaven. Whatever we muster up will always collapse in on itself in failure if we are operating on our own strength and our own ability. The, the, the way they were able to, to live this way before was in the name of Jesus Christ. With the person of Jesus Christ, they had the ability. They were able because they had Christ. See, they didn't fail because they were incapable. Why did they fail? It leaves us wondering about their attitude. What was it was their attitude that caused them to fail? And we, we don't know what was going through their minds. I mean, we could speculate what they were thinking, but, but we don't know what, was thinking, what they were thinking in this moment. But there are a couple of things that we do know, and I think this helps set the stage. One of the things that we know is when this is going on, Jesus is not with them. Jesus is ascended up the mountain. He's not physically present. And in fact, not only is Jesus ascended up the mountain, we know from the first part of this chapter that the three ringleaders of the disciple, Peter, Peter, James, and John, they have also gone up the mountain with Jesus Christ. And so that left the nine there to their own devices. That left the nine there to their own kind of hierarchy. You know, like I said, we, we don't know what's going through their minds, but, but I wonder if they're already fighting over who's the greatest. If Peter and James and John are gone, if G Jesus is gone, and now they're, they're standing there amongst themselves saying, well, which one of us can do this? Which one of us now is in charge? Whose rank is number five anyway? Because maybe if we can figure out whose rank is number five, maybe we could actually do this. Maybe their attitude was prideful. 
that as Jesus walked up the mountainside to the transfiguration, maybe they were saying to themselves, we've got this. I'm ranked number five. I'm ranked number six. I'm ranked number seven. We've got this. We can handle this on our own. Jesus, you go ascend as you need to ascend, and we will come back and we will do the work that needs to be done. We can take care of this on our own. Maybe that's what the disciples thought. I know that's what we think often. We, we make that same mistake. We, we, we assume when we step into this day or we step into this week or we step into this year that, God, uh, I've got this covered. Now, we don't say this in our prayers, but this is the way we behave. That, God, you go do what you need to do. I can handle this little pocket. I can handle this day. And in fact, that's what we do. We walk out stepping out on our own, thinking we could handle it. You know, we're kind of like children who won a game of operation claiming to be a surgeon. Jesus, we've got this. See, as, as Jesus ascended up that mountain, they lost sight of him. And they just assumed as they were losing the sight of Christ up the mountain that they could just handle it on their own. So many Christians live their lives like this, that, that I believe that Jesus is up there somewhere. I, be, I believe in Jesus Christ, who has ascended the mountain, who has ascended into the heavens, that Jesus is there and Jesus is real, but that's where he stays, up there in his realness, somewhere distant from me. But that's not the way this works, and that's not what Scripture teaches, is it? See, when we, when we see Jesus ascending as he does, and we step back and say, well, we can handle this on our own, how does that work out for us? How does it work out for you when you say, I've got this on my own? How does it work out for you, how does it work out for us when the church says, we've got this? When the church says, we can do this, and we can do this on our own, how does that work out for us? When we step out under our own, Claiming a distant Christ, we will fall flat on our face just like the disciples did. And then what do we do? What, what do we do when we fall flat on our face just like the disciples did in their failure? Where do we go? We say, Jesus, we know you're up there somewhere. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through. I'm going to push through my failures and I'm going to fail a thousand times for you. And in fact, you know what we do? We, we start to play in our minds that motivational video. Do you remember that motivational commercial with Michael Jordan? It's the one where, where it's just Jordan's voice over shots of him playing basketball. He starts saying, I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I lost 300 games. I missed 26 game-winning shots. And the commercial ends, I have failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. I've got this. We look up to Jesus, say, I skin my knee, I skin my knee, but I've got this. You see, that, that does work on the basketball court, but it doesn't work in heaven. God doesn't need you, nor does God require you to dust yourself off and try again. God's not calling you to countless failures. God is calling you to constant faith. Because you're going to fall on your face if you keep trying on your own. 
But we are to come to the Christ and have faith in who he is. He's not a distant Lord ascending to a heaven distant from us, but he is a Lord that has come into our heart and is near and saying he is with us. And we don't have to get this on our own. You don't have to pick yourself up because the Christ is with you. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Jesus reaching down, picking Peter up out of the waves. That's the work of the Christ in all of his perfection. He makes us more like him. He draws us into his perfection. We're not called to countless failures, but to constant faith. You know, as we consider the, the faith of these disciples, I think it's important for us to look at a couple of texts. We're going to look on the screen at a, a few other verses about faith because we, we stand at a different time. The Christ has ascended into the heavens, and the Holy Spirit is at work. And so let, let's talk about that, that faith. Let's look at, at some scriptures. The first one, and this is the doubting Thomas scene from John. G Jesus says to Thomas, Reach here with your finger, see my hands. Reach here with your hand, put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And here Thomas, Thomas finally sees the wounds of the Christ, and he answers, my Lord and my God. And then the next slide. It's almost like Jesus saying, did, did you have to see my wounds to believe? Because there, there is a generation coming, there is a church coming that won't get to see my wounds like this. And Jesus says to him, see, you, you believe because you've seen me. I mean, is that why you have believed? Because you've seen my wounds? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Blessed are you who haven't seen, yet you trust the Christ. Blessed are you who haven't seen the, the wounds of the Christ physically in front of you, but you know he is holy and he is real and he is with us. Let's look at the next one. This is Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Same message. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. We trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for by it men of old gained approval. And then one more from 1 Peter. This is what was in our bulletin earlier. You did not see him, but you love him. Though you did not see him now, but you believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. See, faith is recognizing Jesus in this moment. Jesus in, in every moment, though he is on the mountain, though he has ascended, Jesus Christ is with us. You see, th this life is not about us pushing from failure to failure and gathering up enough gut strength within ourselves to push through the next failure so that one day we might find a fortune. See, what this life is about is, is about a faith. And it's about you overcoming every failure of your life because you have faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what he does in, in the person and presence of Jesus Christ. He overcomes and makes right every failure of our life, every sin we have committed, and brings us into his perfection. Our life is no longer about failure, but the perfection of Jesus Christ. See, our, our life is about abiding in Christ, though he has ascended. And so is our faith in that Christ this morning? Or are we trying to do it on our own? Are we trusting Christ to transforming, transform our heart this morning? Or are we holding it back for ourselves? 
Are we trusting Christ to calm the storm? Are we trusting Christ to pull us up out of the water or are we just going to tread there on our own? Are we going to trust Christ to equip us for the mighty work of the kingdom of God in this place? Are we going to keep trying to, to do it on our own power and in our own ways? Will you trust Christ to forgive you? Will you trust Christ to save you from yourself, to bring you out of failure and into his perfection? You can keep trying on your own, but you're just going to keep failing on your own. Are we going to trust the Christ this morning? He is perfection personified. And in him is all of our hope. In him is our salvation. Let's pray together. Lord, we can be a wandering people. People who, who have seen your grace and then forget it. People who have known your forgiveness and then neglect it. Lord, we, we ask this morning that your spirit move, that break into our hardened hearts and allow us to see clearly, to see the Christ today, to see the Spirit at work, to be yours and wrapped up in your perfection. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Disciples, uh, disciples, deacons. Deacons, if you would begin to prepare the table. We, we come to this moment that Christ gave us. In fact, right before the crucifixion, G Jesus is about to leave his disciples. He's about to leave his disciples and head to the cross. And he's about to leave his disciples and ascend into the heavens. Ascend into the heavens. And before he did, he said, don't, don't, don't forget. Don't forget my presence. Don't forget my body, my blood, my physical presence. Because though I'm absent in the ascension, I'm with you in the spirit. And I'm with you in the meal. And so come to the meal. Remember me. Come and take of this with me through the generations, beyond time, beyond geography. We now eat with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Deacons, come and serve the bread.
Jesus gets his disciples together. This is, this is my body. The way he describes it and the way it's described in Matthew. They were eating and Jesus took the bread. He blessed it and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body. Let us commune with the Lord. Deacons come and serve the cup.
Our Lord is with us. Even in the cup. The, the blood is, is the life. It's the life of a person. And it's the perfect blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us on the cross. Matthew continues, Jesus took the cup, he gave thanks, and he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we come before your table as a repentant people, living in the grace of your forgiveness. And so we say thank you. Thank you for your body and blood that was given for us that we might live. Thank you for your body and blood that, that raise us up out of failure and into something holy, something beyond the physical into the spiritual. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the work you did on the cross and thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our, our time of response now. We pray that everybody in here will respond to God obediently. So how is God calling you to respond this morning? There's some things on your listening sheet. Maybe at the bottom you, you'll respond to God in one of those ways. Um, maybe you need to pray. You stay where you are. The, the altar is open. You can come down and kneel at the altar and pray with us here. Brian and I will be at the front if you want to come pray with us or talk about accepting Christ or being a part of this church. You can, you can come do that now. We're going to sing. We're going to give. And we're going to do those things with joyful hearts. So in this time, let's, let's respond in obedience to the Lord. If you need to remain seated, please do the rest. Let us stand as we respond.
we do so through our giving. So you may be seated. God bless you. It's always a joy to do a dedication of a home. Owen, can I hold you? We have the Bates family here with us today. And little Owen. You see everybody out there? Yeah. So they've come. 
And they've come to present this little baby boy before the church. And in that, recognize that, that we're in this together. Right? That, that they're, not, they're not raising this boy up on their own. But they have a Lord God who's raising this little boy up. And they have a church family that's going to love them and support them in every way we can in raising this boy up in the word of the Lord. And so that's what we hope, and that's what we're looking forward to. And so if you would, would you, would you bow with me, and let's pray over the Bates family and over Owen. Lord, we thank you for this family, and we thank you for the gift that Owen is. Lord, for his heart and his innocence, Lord, for his growth and his future, we know that it is in your hands. And so, Lord, we entrust him to you. We entrust his future to your hands. And, Lord, pray that you would grow him into a great man of God. Lord, that your will would be done. And, Lord, we would see this family flourish. Flourish in you and in your word. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And one of the signs of that, if you'll take him, do you have a Bible for Owen? And we're going to hand that over, and we, we hope he'll f- be faithful to that word forevermore. So thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Is it me? Let's turn our attention now to, to life together. There are a few things you need to be aware of um, just this week. In fact, you may need to write these down, and um, not all of them are on here, so make sure we get, get this week in well for the Lord. Um, one of those, this evening, we have our area fellowships. This is where we go, and we have church together in our homes all across San Antonio. Um, we hope you can find a home that is near you to worship in and be together. You'll see that on our um, website, um, fbcsa.org slash area fellowships, and we'd love for you to be a part of those. Now, as we move into the week, on Wednesday, this Wednesday, we have our New, new and improved business Bible lunch. We're bringing it back. And so it'll be this Wednesday at noon, from noon to one, and we hope you'll come and be a part of that. It's a $5 lunch. And then we are having a guest speaker. In fact, uh, Phil Green, uh, CEO and, and, um, and chairman of Frost Bank, will be our speaker. So come and be a part of that. Um, we're going to talk about faith in the workplace, and, and it's going to be good. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to bring your, your neighbors and your friends, your coworkers. This is a perfect opportunity for people to be introduced to the First Baptist Church of San Antonio. So we hope you come be a part of that. Also, be aware, Friday is Valentine's Day, or, or so I've heard. And one of the things that we do here for our, our couples that are in their 50s and 60s, so if you fall into that category, we do have a, an, a, um, a Valentine banquet we'd love for you to come and be a part of. So, so be aware of that. You can also find that on our website. Now let me move to Sunday. Next Sunday, there's two things you need to take note of. It's, it's a critical Sunday next Sunday. Immediately following our service next Sunday at 12.30, we are going to have a special called church conference in 4th Street Crossing. Now, this special called church conference is to present again a presentation that was given in our last church conference. Some of you could not be here for that. And um, for that reason, we're, we're offering one more chance for you to come and, and hear that and be a part of that next Sunday, 1230. And it will be no new information, 
It will just be for those who could not be at our last church conference um, to come and hear uh, the presentation that was given in the last church conference. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. Then in the evening, next Sunday night, 6 p.m., we are coming back to our time for teaching. Uh, it's been several months since we've had a time for teaching. We've, we've got to get back in. And so our time for teaching on witness will be that Sunday night at 6 p.m., also in 4th Street Crossing across the street. And no, there's a couple of new things that are going to be a part of that night. Our community uh, missions team going to have some testimonies that have been amazing. You need to come hear those. We're going to have some time with, with one of our international congregations that's going to be good. And we're going to talk about how we witness well in this place. So come be a part of all of that this week. Um, it's going to be good, and we hope you'll be there and be a part. Uh, lastly, from me, the flowers that are in front are given to the glory of God. And in celebration of the 69th wedding anniversary of Joe and Louis Lee. So yeah, we, 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 praise, we praise the Lord. Are they, are they back there? Where, there they are. They're back there. Krista and Sharon, praise the Lord for that example of 69 years um, of marriage. Brian, would you, would you come? Well, we have some more folks wanting to join this morning. And this morning, Amen. we've got Richard and Vivian Savage who are coming. They, they say they, they want to get back into this church fellowship. They've been visiting for a while, and they want to yeah. join with us. So they're uh, transferring membership from another Baptist church in our area. And then Donna Mikulas is coming this morning. She has been a television viewer for six years while she's cared for her mother, and now she's coming to join with this fellowship. Amen. And she uh, joins from another Baptist church in our area. And then Amy and Larry Barrios, they're coming, uh, Amy transferring her membership from another Baptist church, and Larry coming from another faith tradition, uh, Christian faith tradition to First Baptist Church. Amen. Hey, thank you, yeah, come, come on up. Richard and Vivian over here. If you look forward in walking in faith with them, would you say amen? Amen. amen. And? Uh, that's right. We've got Larry and Amy. If you look forward in walking in faith with them, say amen. Amen. And? We love that's right. And then we have Donna, who's, I don't know if you missed it, but Brian says she's been with us for six years in our TV ministry. And so watching, and so we're grateful for the work of our TV crew and that, that ministry through the television. But if you look forward in walking in faith with her, would you say amen? Amen. And? We love you. We love you. That's right. And so the, the five of us will gather over here by the door uh, after the service. You come by and greet them and welcome them into this family of believers. Amen. Yeah. Stand together. We are dismissed to go do the good work God has called us to do.
God bless you. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.